Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome everyone to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley. And with me today, I am so looking forward to this conversation, is my guest, Gina Ramsey. How are you today, Gina? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And as I said, I've been looking forward to having Gina on the show. We're going to be talking about Gina's experience. She is a self-proclaimed entrepreneur, and you just recently had a book published, and it's Burnt Glove Boxes, Embracing Life When It Goes Up in Flames. And I love the title. And so you've got to tell us all about it. First of all, what's an entrepreneur? And then tell us how you came up with that title. Oh, so it's kind of a funny story. I was told, you know, when you become an author, you now have a business. And so I'm like, business name, business name, what should I pick? And I'm like, okay, instead of an entrepreneur, I'll be an authorpreneur, which is an author that is an entrepreneur. And so my book writing isn't the only thing that I'm doing with being an author. I'm a marketer now. And I'm doing all the things. And in addition to that, I also a facilitator for a writer's networking group that came out of the Irma Bombeck conference, the online conference that we did. And a bunch of people said that they wanted to have a writer's group, a networking group. And a lot of them are aspiring humor authors, but they just don't know what to do next. So I help them connect to resources and the professionals in the field if they need a publisher or anything, a marketing person, web designers. I have like a whole slew of people that I'm connected with. So I help to connect them so they can realize their dreams as well. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And so where did the title for your book come from? So it's a funny story. I had all of these things. I, we moved from the Chicago land area to Wisconsin in, in 1992. And we started having all these crazy things happening. Just Murphy's Law story. So for those of who aren't familiar with Murphy's Law, it's if it'll happen, it's going to happen to me or our family or our friends. So these things kept happening. And through the years, People would say, you you need to write a book. These things are hilarious. These stories are great. And I kept saying, yeah, it would be so cool to have a book. So fast forward to the future, I actually had a glove box that burnt up and it's in this book. And with that, as soon as that happened, I knew that that was, had to be the title for the book, Burnt Glove Boxes. I was so excited about that. So then I came home and I typed out my outline of like what my story titles would be, like what I envisioned them to be. And I put that outline in a manila envelope and wrote burnt glove boxes on it. And I carried that everywhere I went for 20 plus years. I brought it on vacations just in case another story happened. A lot of times I have myself thinking I was going to start writing the book, but (laughs) never happened (laughs) until just recently. So Oh my gosh. Well, you're going to have to tell us a little bit more about what actually happened with the glove box, you know, setting on fire. 
But I, I want to touch on a couple things that you mentioned. Number one, I love that you became kind of a, a connector of people in helping other aspiring writers to find resources. I love that because I'm sure you went through that experience yourself, trying to find those people to help make your dream come true. So that's fantastic. And then also this, this idea of I've got to write a book and you're like 20 years down the road and finally it happens because this is not all that you do. You actually are a social worker by trade, right? Yes, so that is yes. still something that you do as a full-time job. Yes. Yeah, I, I found out becoming an author, you don't quit your day job right away. <laughs> you don't get rich off the first book. And really, that wasn't my intention. You know, it, would that be awesome? Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, I'm still shooting for getting on Good Morning America. But my my goal was to bring laughter and joy to our world, which is it's so needed. Yeah. yeah. And so that actually leads me to a question. And, and that's something that you have shared about how humor and, you know, laughter is really been a part of your health and well-being if you will. And so talk with us a little bit about that. What are your thoughts on that and how has that helped you? Yeah. So with my social work profession, I have done trainings with folks on like reducing anxiety, reducing depression, health and wellness. And a lot of the things that I've taught folks, there's a lot of science out there that says deep breathing, meditation, singing, watching funny things, having a sense of humor, all of those help to kind of calm your nervous system, kind of pull you out of that fight or flight and help decrease your heart rate and relax your muscles. So ultimately, it's a, a whole body healer. I was raised, my dad was a funny person and always making jokes and goofing around. And I, if I remember correctly, like he always kind of looked at the brighter side of things. And so that's probably where I got that whole, like finding the funny in, in life's mishaps. Life's too mm -hmm. short, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and you're absolutely right. There is study on study that talks about how humor and laughter really make such a difference in our well-being and, and just our sense of how we're feeling, right? A good yes. belly laugh almost always makes us feel better. So 100% agree with that. Let's take a moment now, if, if you don't mind, and dig into a little bit more about the writing process. Because as we've said, you've got a full-time job, you've got a family. And so what was that writing process like? while trying to maintain your regular life? Yeah, it, that's a great question. I joined a women's networking group and they talk, they have a lot of guest speakers that talk about marketing and all of these different things. And I thought this, my husband and I also run a business in addition to all this other stuff. So I thought, well, you know, that really pertains to what we're doing with the business because I do a lot of the marketing side. So I decided to join. And the lead of our Friday chapter, she told me about NaNoWriMo, which is November writing month. And you write a novel in the month of November. And I asked her, 
how much does it cost? And she said, it doesn't cost anything. Well, many of the women in my chapter are published authors. And I was like, ooh, this is kind of cool. Right up my alley. I'm interested in doing this. So I thought, you know, why not? I'll start writing my book. I've, I pulled out that folder. I pulled out my chapters and I just started hammering away at it. And my writing process, that would happen in the evenings. And so probably about nine, 10 o'clock, I'd start writing and I'd hammer on it until about two, three in the morning, hit the bed, a few hours of sleep, get up in the morning. You know, to be successful in life, you really have to just like put in the effort if you want to reach your goals and dreams. And you can't just sit back and, and hope that it just comes to fruition without doing the work. So that's how I did that. And luckily, my publisher is part of my Friday chapter as well. And so I asked her if she would take a look at my piece of my work and let me know if it might be something she'd be interested in in taking on and she she did and she loved my writing and decided to take on my project. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you yeah. for for going into detail on that. And what you said about we have to make the effort to make our dreams come true. It's you know, we talk about these things that we want to accomplish and until we actually get into it and start doing it, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter how much we wish for it. Unfortunately, that would be that would be great. But my goodness, to be working on that from such a late time in the, the evening until really early morning and then getting up and doing it all again, you're self-employed, your husband and you having a business and the social work and your family and, you know, the writing. That's just fantastic. Yeah. Way to really just knock it out. Yeah. But I want to talk a little bit about the experience that you had with you mentioned that your publisher was, is in this group and when you submitted the writings to her what what was your thoughts about it because i imagine there was probably some feelings of like oh my gosh what are they going to think is this going to be okay is it going to be good enough yeah yeah actually that is exactly what i was thinking you know i thought my friends my family they love these stories and they continuously through these years, I'd every so often have someone reach out and say, when are you going to write it? When are you going to do this? But I thought, is a professional in this field who's trained going to think that it's as good? And so she reviewed that short section that I sent her, and then she scheduled another meeting with me. And I just was like sweating. I was like, oh my gosh, I... I was afraid she was going to say, never pick up a pen again. <laughs> don't quit your day job. Keep doing what you're doing. Because this is like, you don't do this again. It, well, everybody's seen the American Idols or the, <laughs> where the person gets on there in a duck suit and they're, they say that to them. Don't do this again. But she got on the call and she was laughing right when we got on the call. And she said, you know, she said, you have a gift she said, your writing is so funny. She said, I love the poultry guy story. I had to read that again when I was eating my breakfast this morning. And that sausage story, that was hilarious. And she compared my writing to Irma Bombeck's writing, which I took as quite the compliment. I had this, you know, still have the stinking thinking going on from time to time and just wondering, you know, is it, is it good? Like, 
I, I want to bring joy to people's lives, and that's what I'm doing. And I have people that tell me all the time that, you know, I just, I love the stories. They they uplifted me on a really bad day, or my mom's really ill, and I bought her a book. And to see her laughing on reading your stories on the front porch made me so happy. And parents are reading it to their kids for bedtime stories. So I take some pride in that. There's a lot of humor books out there that have a lot of language in them, and I have a few of them, but they're not appropriate for certain ages. You know, I have one word in mind, and, and it had to be in there. But other than that, like, the stories are fun for anyone, and, and it's creating connections, right? So we're so disconnected in our society. Everyone's on their phones, and, you know, just you see it in the restaurants, like, families aren't even engaging with each other. And so the fact that there's moms reading the stories to their kids at that time, it just brings me so much happiness. That's wonderful. I mean, first of all, I have to say to be compared to Irma Bombeck is a fantastic honor because, wow, she's just an amazing writer. And so that is just got to make you feel fantastic. And, and absolutely to be able to do what you want to do and, and share these stories and know that you're bringing laughter and joy to other people has got to feel really good. So that's awesome. And so I think that that brings me to, is that part of the reason why you wanted to write it was to give that gift to other people? Yeah, I said it and I believe I wrote it in the book too. But I said, if I can bring a smile to someone's face, just bring joy to one person, I've accomplished my goal. And I've like left a positive mark on our planet. And that makes me so happy to know that so many people are enjoying this. Awesome. Well, let's go into this story about the glove box and how, if you don't mind sharing, it's just a teaser, if you will. Yeah. And the listeners will have to take a look um, and find the book, and I'll include the link in the show notes. But tell us the story about the glove box. What happened? Yeah, so we had many, many car troubles with a lot of different cars that we had. And so my mom sold us her car, which was a Grand Prix. She was on hospice, and she's like, I just want you guys to have this car because your cars have been so horrible. So... We purchased it from her, and I thought she never had any issues with this car ever. And she was well-maintenance. She took really good care of it. And so we thought we were going to be in good shape. We get this car from her. We order our Wisconsin license plates, and we did not order vanity plates. We ordered regular plates, and they came as JWN123. And my mom's name was Joanne, and I thought... Oh, boy. (laughs) Wow. It was crazy. So all these things started happening to the car, like the radio would randomly turn off or turn on. It had one of those retractable antennas from years ago. So that would just randomly start going up and down. And all of these things were happening to the car. Well, then we started having issues with the glove box and it completely broke open as we were driving one day, wasn't even touched, but the lock fell off of it. And so we duct taped that. And I mean, by this time we had a disaster, right? A haunted car that 
the glove boxes like malfunctioning. And so we went to my son's basketball game. I'm trying to make a teaser. We went to his basketball game. And as we were kind of coming out of the gym, my husband discovered that the glove box was burning, but we didn't know why. And we finally figured it out. It was crazy, but he had ripped the whole, like, everything out of the glove box and still couldn't find where the burning was coming from. But the car was filled with smoke. So long story short, there was a hole burnt into the outside of the glove box. And that's when I decided that that's got to be the title for the book. So and there's a few little nuances in there about what we found inside the glove box. So, yeah, listeners, get the book. It's a really... I don't know. It it was a very odd thing that happened, but I feel very fortunate that in a way my mom contributed to this book as well. So you know what? That that's perfect. That's a perfect teaser because I really want to know like what happened. And talk about a wild situation starting off with the license plate and then it's almost as if she's, you know, inhabited the car and all of this is happening. So, oh my gosh, I I can't wait to read the rest of it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us and kind of, you know, giving us a, some teasers on other chapters as well that you shared earlier. So I'm I'm excited to read it. I, I can't wait. So what do you hope that the readers will take away from the book? I know we've talked about how important it is for you to share these stories that are funny and to, you know, hopefully bring some laughter. Is there other things that you hope that the readers will take away? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you asked that question. I hoped that people would think the stories are funny. And, you know, humor is very subjective. Mm -hmm. you, You can tell that right from talking to somebody about Seinfeld. People either love it or they hate it. There's no people that I have ever met that say, it's all right, you know, <laughs> See, I can't stand that show or I love the show. So, you know, there are going to be people who aren't my ideal readers. There was one person who had bought my book and he did a review. And for any of your listeners, I would encourage if you buy books, whether it's mine or anybody else's, make sure you do reviews. It's so helpful for authors. If there's things that you think could have been added or whatever, like that's how we learn. Or if you absolutely loved it, it helps our ratings. So, but there was a gentleman that had purchased my book and he did a long review. He gave me five stars, but he said, you know, I expected from the other reviews that I was going to buy this book and I was going to be on the floor rolling and laughing. He said, but that's not what happened. He said, not only was it Murphy's Law Stories, but Poor Decisions, which I'm like, well, yeah, that's right. (laughs) There were a few poor decisions in there. But he said his takeaway was so much different than the other readers who just said, this is hilarious. I was rolling. He said, I took away the importance of finding the funny in situations that aren't so favorable. Mm-hmm. And the importance of doing that. And his review was wonderful because I thought, wow, that's really interesting that he had that takeaway because that was really my goal is like, I want others to be able to, it's not, they're my stories, but 
I'm hoping that other people will just like be able to not write in the moment because that doesn't always happen. Usually want to cry or scream, but be able to take a step back and go, well, that was really funny how that happened and be able to just kind of look at the brighter side of it. Great point. Actually, a couple of great points there. One, review books. Yes, absolutely. Authors, like you said, get so much from that. And it helps other readers who are exploring for new books to decide whether or not they want to pick up your book. So that's a great suggestion. Yeah. And then the other point that you made about finding the funny in these things that happen in our life and know maybe at the moment they are not funny at all. But when you look back on it, it becomes those things that you and your family or your friends can laugh about. And you've got to find that in those moments that that are difficult, right? Absolutely. And you know, the other thing that I hoped and I was a little nervous about is because there's so many critics out there and it's so easy to get behind a screen and just bash somebody. But I was really hopeful that People wouldn't take it as you need to find everything that is a horrible thing in life that happens, that everything you can find funny in. I know there are situations that there's no humor in them. It's just tragedy, tragic or loss and different things like that. But I'm looking at like some of these simpler things in life. So I'm hoping that that's what readers are gathering. And so far, it seems like that's what's happening. Yeah, certainly there are situations that are extremely painful and difficult and not humorous in any way. But as you said, you're talking about stories that are a little bit more lighthearted and not that depth of a situation. So certainly that makes sense. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned at the beginning about NaNoWriMo. and, And I am familiar with that from days long ago when I was on Twitter and I'm going to age myself like back in 2009 and 10, that was where I first heard about it. And so tell the listeners a little bit more about it and how you set your goal to write your book in a single month. Yeah. So after Jill told me about it, I went on and took a look. She sent me the link. And so what you do is you you can put in your book title if you have an idea of what your title might be. You can put in a little mock-up of your book cover, which looked nothing like what my book cover looks like right now. But it was my idea and it kind of was, you know, it's one of these things where it helps you to just like set a goal and, and start working towards it. So you can put any word count you want in there. Um, then as you type, then I would go and drag across it and then count how many words and then I would update my word count. I did not complete the book in the month of November, but I will say that it was the catalyst that got me started. And then I was very excited about it and I kept working on it. You know, for a lot of people, writing so individualized. Some people take years to write a book, you know, some a few months. Some can maybe do it in the month and are very successful with it. I don't think there's any right or wrong way of doing it as long as you just start. I think your stories are so, like everybody has stories, whether it's memoir or it's funny stuff. 
And it's like such a great legacy to leave for your family. And for some people, they don't want to share those stories. So they're nervous about like if somebody were to find the story or whatever. My guidance to folks like that is just, you know, write what you think you feel is safe to write. And because there's so many beautiful stories out there that you probably have experienced as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And you're right that even if you can't finish it in the single month, what a great way to jumpstart the process and hopefully keep the ball rolling until you can get it done. And so that's a great, great idea. And really, it doesn't have to be November. It could be any month. It could start on any day, right? It's yeah. just getting started. And also your point about the stories that we have are so important to share, not just for you know our own family and maybe our own children or grandchildren, if the case may be, but for other people who might find some kind of solidarity or inspiration or a lesson learned that, you know, could be beneficial for them in their life. These stories are so important to share with others. So I think that's a great point. Absolutely. And, well, so something that I discovered doing a little bit of digging on you is that you are out and about in kind of your local area, talking about your book in different venues. And so yeah. share with us what that's been like and how you've kind of discovered that that was something you wanted to start doing. Yeah. You know, once you write a book, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So now you have to market it. And I, I was asked by somebody I know, well, doesn't your publishing company do that for you? Why aren't they doing all that for you? And it's like, no, because they're not the face behind this title. It's you as the author. And I am somewhat of a, everybody says, oh, you're such an extrovert. And I'm really like not, I'm more of an introvert extrovert. <laughs> but I knew that in order to like get people to know who I am, I would have to put myself out there. So when I'm in small businesses, I think outside the box. So it's not just the library or the local bookstore, you know, I'm thinking outside the box. So I have worked with a few individual businesses, like little gift stores, like where they have all these unique gifts and stuff like that. So I've done two of those and they've been really successful. And it's really a win-win because people are coming in to either you know, have me sign their book and then the, the store is new to them or vice versa. And one of them here in Superior is going to have me come back the Saturday after Thanksgiving as well. So I'm going to be going to one of those shake shops here where they serve the shakes and teas. So I'm collaborating with them. I'm collaborating with a brewery. And then early next year, I'm already planning out from one of the towns that we lived in where all this stuff happened, I'm planning on going to their new cat cafe. So they'll have books there and the cats, of course, and then, of course, coffee. That's such great ideas. I love that. And you're right. It is. And, and I think that probably comes from your marketing experiences, that thinking outside the box and not just doing the typical places, like you said, a library or a bookstore or something like that. Yeah. Great ideas, a, a local boutique or how fun to do it at a cat cafe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a blast. So thank you for sharing those with us because mm -hmm. I think that those ideas can help spark 
ideas for others who are considering how do I continue to get the exposure for this book that I've written. So yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. And the thing is really, it's so amazing places that want to help and they are so excited to have an author come in and it's like learning the people and working the networks and really building those collaborative relationships so it's the book business is a relationship business and mm-hmm. my publisher said that in one of our little sessions and she's 100% right yeah yeah good point And, you know, I just have to mention my guest on the podcast episode prior to yours when it airs, she actually talks a lot about collaboration and finding those different people who you can work together with. So I absolutely agree how important that is. What can we do for others? And so I love that idea of collaborating in a way that's mutually beneficial. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been to a couple of events. I went to a brewery here, Earthrider, and they do uh, a maker's market during the summer on on the first Sunday of the month. So they have people put up their tents and their tables and stuff. And so, you know, I didn't sell a whole lot of books at that event. But you know what? I met some fabulous people and I met another writer here in Superior. And now I'm working with her going to one of the boutiques here in town, her and a a more popular writer, Carol Dunbar. uh, They're bringing all three of us to their um, customers. It was just an amazing meeting with this this writer. And she's like, you want to see the cover for my book? And I'm like, holy cow. So it's like, it may not be a whole lot of sales, but it's the connections you're making and being present with people. And again, it's that thing. I think even with COVID, you know, we lost those connections. And I think it's just so vital for happiness and health. And yeah, it all kind of goes together. Absolutely. Yeah. And and for sure, the last few years have been extremely challenging. And I think that it's going to take time for us to come back out of that. We're going to be forever different. I think that, that, you know, that has just been such a shift, but I'm hoping that, you know, we will continue to see everybody trying to be together again. And I love that you mentioned the maker's market in the town that I'm in. We just had that last weekend and so much fun. You know, there's live music and all kinds of local people who are making products here and, you know, sharing that with the community. And so those are so vital to the towns that we live in and do bring that community together. I think that it's fabulous. Yeah. So Gina, I'm curious, do you have future plans for any additional books and what are you thinking that you're going to do? I, yeah, I do. I am going to be releasing my second book next year. It'll be Burnt Glove Boxes 2. My transcript was large enough to make two books. So They had to split it in half. The second one will come out next year. And then we'll be starting the anthology. So for those of you who are familiar with Chicken Soup for the Soul, it's going to be very similar. But rather than inspirational stories, it'll be Murphy's Law stories. We'll have open submission periods. And our first one will be animals. It can be wildlife, zoo stories, and pets, you know, all of that. So that's going to be a lot of fun. 
And then I have a couple of anthology things that I'm working on with some of the people in the Germinators group, but more to come on that. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So then will the listeners be able to find that information on your website in terms of where to submit stories that they might want to contribute? Yeah, we'll have a submission software get going on that. And that'll be connected with, I believe, my website. And so we'll be doing that. And yeah, we'll have those open submissions. And we have a lot of different fun ideas for themes. Anything from supernatural to pets to <laughs> cars, <laughs> vehicles. So yeah, it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Excellent. All right. Yeah. That sounds great. Looking yeah. forward to it. Well, Gina, I always love to ask my guests what books that they are reading or have read or maybe podcasts that you're listening to that you think have been influential or beneficial for you that you would like to share with the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the books that I have read that I just find so wonderful are inspirational stories. And so Tuesdays with Maury is one, just that compassion and that person taking the time to go and talk with a man about he's dying, but he's sitting with him every single Tuesday. And then the last lecture is another one. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because like both of those have a dying theme, but they both have a living your life to the fullest while you're here theme. And that's a motto I stand by. Awesome. Great yeah. recommendations for yeah. sure. I'll include those in the show notes for uh, the listeners to take a look at. Yeah. And then how about any podcasts you enjoy listening to? Oh, I do. I'm trying to think. There's one called The Dream Catcher, and I'm actually going to be on that one. And again, it's that theme of, you know what? If you've got goals, what are you waiting for? Like mm -hmm. start working towards those, get those bucket list items checked off, live your life to the fullest and don't get caught up in your head of the what ifs and what if this happens or what if that happens. It really aligns with the social work, like therapy, things that, that I've been trained in. It's living in the moment and not having fear in your life constantly. We always have that thing telling us that we can't do something. And that's something that I did battle with when I started writing. And I did get to the bottom of what happened there. And it was an assignment in eighth grade that I had a really bad experience with. And so it shut me down. So that was wonderful to get down to the bottom of that. But it was that was a voice of fear that was talking to me. People are going to laugh at you and not in a good way. <laughs> They're going to not like it. They're going to laugh at you. It's going to be horrible, you know. Well, thank you for sharing that podcast with us. But also what you just shared about those fears that we have, that voice that's in our head that's telling us, you know, we can't do whatever it is we, we want to do, that we have a desire to do. And thank you so much for sharing how through this process, it helped you find what it was. And that eighth grade assignment that that triggered the shutdown for yeah. you, because what a great like lesson to learn through this process of writing, right? Yeah. Yep. One other benefit of this has been, you know, working on yourself and then finding 
these things that were holding you back that don't have to now. And that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Gina, thank you so much for being on the show today. I've I've so enjoyed our conversation. And I would love for you to share now if people want to follow your journey, learn more about what you're doing and where you're going to be, how would they be able to find you? Absolutely. So my website is www.ramseyauthor.com. And then also you can find me on Facebook and also on Instagram, uh, Gina Ramsey 429. And then I'm also, I'm newly on Twitter. I had someone encourage me to get on Twitter. So I'm figuring that out, but I'm on there. So it's G Ramsey author on Twitter. And the 429, that's a significant number. That was the day that I signed with my publisher. So that is my lucky number. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. All of the places that we can find you, I'll include all the details of that in the show notes to make that super easy for the listeners. And also your lucky number. I love it. It's amazing. Absolutely. And you know, if the listeners, if they're interested in like humor writing or anything like that, on my website is the email link. So they can just email me. If you get the book, I also have where you can get a free bookmark and a signed book plate. So if you're interested in that, just check it out. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And thank you again, Gina, for your time and sharing all of this with us. It has been uh, just so much fun and I so appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk more soon. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening.